Could the Louisville Cardinals have one of the top cornerback trios in the ACC in Jarvis Brownlee, Quincy Riley, and Storm Duck? We'll answer that while previewing the cornerback position on today's episode of the show. Stay tuned. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the Locked On the Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Joining me today, regular co-host now, good friend of the show, Grant Mulligan. Grant is the uh, football analyst for the state of Louisville.com. Grant, welcome back into the virtual studio. Great to be back, brother. Always is. Yes, sir. You know what irks me is that little sliver of space in between the door, and it's not on the other side, but my OCD is running rampant. Regardless... Thanks again, everyone, for making us your first listen of the day. We are into the final offseason football positional preview series discussing the cornerback position. We'll talk about um, whether or not Storm Duck, Quincy Riley, and Jarvis Brownlee are one of the top cornerback trios in the ACC. We'll also talk about the newcomer expectations and then predict the depth chart. So, Grant's. A lot of depth now for the Louisville cornerback room. This is on paper one of the better cornerback rooms that Wolves had in, what, a decade? Maybe a little bit under a decade or so. Um, but regardless, there's a lot of storylines here. Mainly, you look at the top. And I don't want to do any disservice to any of the other guys, but when you talk about the top cornerbacks on this team, you talk about Quincy Riley, Jarvis Brownlee, and incoming North Carolina transfer Storm Duck. Does that nucleus have the potential to be one of the best cornerback trios in the ACC? I think, barring injury, I think they absolutely do. I mean, you we're looking at a, a top three group of guys who have a lot of talent, and though you know Storm Duck's new to the group, he's experienced. He's experienced in ACC play. Yeah, you know, this this group, both on a starting level, and not to dive too much into the into the depth aspect, but it's a really deep group who's got a lot of guys who can rotate in and out. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about the group as a whole. But that starting three group gives fans a lot to be excited about. Like you said, this is one of the best we've had in a while, uh, right? On paper, at least. But there's yeah. there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot of talent at the top end. I mean, obviously, you have to play the games. On paper, really doesn't mean much, but for the sake of the hypothetical argument when you preview the position, obviously you're going to talk about it. Looking at each of these three individually, beginning with Jarvis Brownlee, who was one of the stars of the spring on the defensive side of the football. He was a fantastic player in the spring. There was one point where it felt like the speculation was he might be transferring out. Thankfully, that didn't come to fruition, but last season – got targeted a lot by opposing quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks threw his way. He lost some of those battles. But what I don't believe is that Louisville fans realized just how solid Brownlee was at times. There were some plays that made it look worse than it actually was. But he had 66 total tackles, um, sort of had to play opposite of Kittrell Clark and Quincy Riley, which, I mean, you're going to get targeted a little bit. But I thought that he stepped up and played pretty well. What is the ceiling realistically for him this season and how obtainable is it for him to reach that level i think the ceiling is absolutely being able to make an all acc team 
Um, I think that's well within the reaches of his talent. I think he showed flashes of being a really, really good all caliber or all conference caliber player last year. If he can put it all together on a consistent basis, I really like the tools he's working with. He's got size and length. He's got physicality that I love. Sure, it gets him in trouble sometimes. You know, he's he can he can get the occasional holding or, or pass interference, but I'd rather have a corner who brings the physicality and you sure. got to taper him down a little bit than have a guy I have to teach to be physical. You know, I, I, I like how he mixes it up in the run game. I don't think he's just a coverage player. I think he's an asset in both phases. I think given another year of experience, I think having these this talented group around him is going to elevate his play. I think that we're going to see a, a more consistent really solid player in Jarvis Brownlee this year. I, I was really excited about the flashes. He got too much flack from fans last year. He put on a lot of good moments on tape. And I, I think this year is going to be a, a big one for him. Louisville's defense got a lot better the second half of the season. I think one of the reasons that was, was the insertion of Quincy Riley and MJ Griffin into the starting lineup, so to speak. Quincy Riley played the 11th most snaps on that Louisville defense last year, led the team in interceptions. He was a ball hawk at Middle Tennessee State, a ball hawk last year at Louisville. I think the sky is the limit for him. I personally have gone on record saying that I think it's a Kittrell Clark level rise waiting to happen from that first season to second season where he goes from, oh, this guy's pretty decent to, wow, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. I truly do believe that it's all going to come down to, um, you know, is he going to play on the inside? Is he going to play on the outside? Are they going to switch it up? Is You're assuming that he's going to be playing more. Are you sort of getting that same vibe that Riley is a star in the making? Absolutely. Just as I love the physicality of Brownlee, I think the ball skills of Quincy Riley are are special. I think he's got a great knack for finding the ball in the air. He has really good instincts. He's always around the ball. I really he has he he just has special instincts as as a coverage player and he's a splash play waiting to happen. You know, he gets his hands on it, gets some pass breakups, but he has some pretty natural hands too to turn those into interceptions like you said led the team last year. He he's a great great complement to this group. I think the whole starting group and in general has really complementary skill sets, but I love him as a coverage player, as a splash playmaker. Uh, I think putting him maybe, you know, in nickel packages, having him starting in the slot, I think is, is a, is a great scenario. If you get Brownlee and duck on the mm-hmm. outside, I really feel comfortable with that group. And I, I, I feel strongly about mm-hmm. our ability to, to make some turnovers happen. Storm duck is the X factor in this group. You obviously have the returning guys. Storm Duck may be one of the best transfers incoming that Louisville has because of what he did last year. Um, Turned it up last year. 46 tackles. That's a career high. He had a forced fumble, three interceptions, and nine pass breakups, both leading UNC while being on his way to a second-team All-ACC guy. Um, Duck was pretty solid defending the run and being – uh, close to um, you know the line of scrimmage and, and things of that nature, but do you think that this is a situation to where he's going to be relied upon in the same light of guys like Quincy Riley and Jarvis Brownlee, or is there a little bit more responsibility because of the pedigree that he comes with at the ACC level? 
I think that possibly his biggest asset is going to be leadership in the room. He's a guy who's done it for four years at North Carolina. He he has that, that all-ACC pedigree. He's obviously been a great player. He The thing that concerns me a little bit, he's had some injury history, but when healthy, each season he's shown that he's a premier corner. You know, he, he makes a lot of great plays. Uh, he's solid run defender. He's solid in pass coverage. He's a very well balanced all around game. Right. He's not undersized. You know, he's six foot, possibly six one. Uh, good athlete. I really like you know how well rounded his game is. I I was super excited because I was I was hopeful we were going to get him the first time around, but that's all right. We got him back from Penn State. Uh, all all conference name too. Storm Duck. Fantastic. So, so that's a, that's the first team all ACC name right there. But his his game is is really well rounded, and that is what I love about him. Uh, there's not a glaring weakness to him, and I think he is he should be the undisputed leader of this group. And hopefully, health permitting, he can he can pave his way to another all ACC season. I definitely agree there. And speaking of Storm Duck, there's a lot of expectations for almost all of the newcomers. And we'll kind of discuss that in length here in a moment after we talk about our friends over at FanDuel. The MLB second half of the season is almost underway post-All-Star break. Take your first swing at betting the sport on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. Bet 20 Land 200 immediately in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's 200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. When Jordan Alvarez comes back for injury from my Houston Astros, you best believe he's going to be the guy betting third in the lineup that I believe is going to hit that first home run. So um, I feel bad for FanDuel having to um, deposit some funds into my account, but it's a, it's a safe app. It's secure. It's super easy to use when you pay or when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official partner of Major League Baseball. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Heading on into the second segment of the show with Grant Mulligan. Grant, um, a handful of newcomers. We talked about Storm Duck. The other newcomers will begin with Marquise Groves Killebrew, redshirt freshman from Texas A&M, has local ties to the area, uh, was a player that battled some injury in that first season in College Station and sort of began to play a little bit later on in the season, but was definitely a name that Aggies fans had circled as a potential starter in 2023. You sort of get a vibe on, um, you know, what or why a player left, but Aggies fans were definitely a little bit upset that he ended up leaving. What sort of role do you think that MGK plays this season? 
I want to start off by saying that I really liked how the staff attacked building this room through the portal. I Not agree. only did they go out and get two young guys, two redshirt freshmen from premier programs who were mm-hmm. highly touted recruits who have really high upside, great athletic ability, but mm-hmm. then they also go and add veteran guy like Storm Duck. Uh, I have to applaud the staff. I think this is one of the most well-constructed rooms using the portal. Uh, but back to NGK, we've actually, you and I have talked about him before on the show. Uh, what I really like about him is the athletic traits and the physical profile. You know, he's got height, he's got length, he was very disruptive in high school. And like you said, he battled injury. He didn't get a lot of looks early on. And that's also a pretty talented quarterback room at Texas A&M. I mean, they've got a couple guys who are probably going to go within the first uh, day or two in the NFL draft next year. It's a tough rotation to crack. But I think he's going to have the opportunity here to to rotate in on a, on a fairly regular basis. And I think that's you know how they were able to land so many high-profile guys is because it, it very much seemed like their plan is to have a solid rotation going. I think everybody's going to get a lot of snaps. I think he's he's going to have his youngster moments, but I think his upside is absolutely all conference, perhaps even all American caliber. If we're going purely off of athleticism, off of traits, I'm, I'm really excited to see this guy uh, get out there and, and be a Cardinal. Another guy you could also sort of fit into that category, very highly rated coming out of high school, probably played behind even more talented players than MGK did playing for the Georgia Bulldogs who had to play behind Keely Ringo and company at the national champion Georgia Bulldogs, I might add. Uh, Marcus Washington Jr., um, a highly touted guy, sort of like MGK, almost identical in the sense of very highly rated guys, Spent one year at the program, so you don't have the uh, instant transfer or the um, instant eligibility if you were to transfer again. So that's sort of a safety blanket for Jeff Brom and company, sort of a a play towards the future, if you will. But Washington Jr. sort of fitting that same mold. Very talented guy. And if you can unlock that potential, well, the sky's the limit here. I agree. And one thing I love from his high school tape is his physicality. Uh, he, I think being in a room with a guy like Jarvis Brownlee is really going to help unlock him. And, and also, I mean, he was around a lot of great players at Georgia as well. But in high school, watching his tape back, he was a great tackler. I mean, he had a, a heat-seeking missile, uh, nose for the ball coming downhill. He was able to bust up screens and, and mix in. Uh, he wasn't afraid to, to get in there and really lay a hit. So I really look forward to, to seeing him work into a same kind of Jarvis Brownlee role. I think those two can, can offer a, a similar kind of game should he continue his trajectory that he had in high school. And I think it's great to have somebody who can build upon that skill set and fill that kind of role, not only for the present as a rotational piece, but who can hopefully fill Jarvis Brownlee's shoes. I agree there. The other newcomer to the to the room is a true freshman, highly rated four-star guy, Aaron Williams. The Cali to the Ville movement played at St. John Bosco with Pierce Clarkson. Played his senior season with a torn ACL, which is Crazy. incredible to think about. It's very tough to do, but 
Now you're seeing the ramifications of having gone through surgery, um, missing all of the offseason. Obviously, it seems like if he's going to be available, it's going to be toward the back half of the season. I think that this is probably a redshirt year for Williams, considering everybody ahead of him on the depth chart or potentially ahead of him. Do you think that the smart decision would be to redshirt him and, and just play him second season? Or maybe if he's healthy enough, you know, play with play him within four games. But the issue is, it's a tougher back half of the schedule than it is the front half. So there might not necessarily be that opportunity just might be something gearing towards year two because he's so far behind in terms of everything else. Right. And luckily one of the the great part about how deep this room is, is that it's not going to be necessary for him to step in year one. If he gets healthy and if you feel comfortable about the, about by all means, that would be fantastic, but I'm I'm trying to be realistic and not, you know, there's a fine line between being realistic and being um, being a sunshine pumper. And I I don't like to be that uh, not everything is going to happen the way you want it to. So, I mean, it is what it is, but the, I mean, Aaron Williams is a very, very talented player. Um, I I do want to save if it's all right with you, a a good amount of portion for the next segment, which is depth chart predictions, because there's still a couple guys that I do want to talk about Trey Franklin and Derek Edwards, the third, we're going to do that here momentarily before we do that. I want to thank you all again for making locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. Thank you all for tuning into all of the uh, offensive and defensive positional preview series. Grant's been a part of a couple of them, obviously the cornerback room and the offensive line position. So be sure to go check out all of those. Go check out all of Grant's work and everything else at the state of Louisville.com. But Grant, final segment, I wanted to dedicate the most time to the depth chart because there's a lot of names to talk about here. Um, do you think that with this defense, the 425, is that we're going to see sort of the the outside linebacker star role um, sort of flip-flop with the slot cornerback, the nickelback role? I I think that it's it's going to depend a lot on what teams we play, but it helps a lot that we have really talented guys at star who can cover as well as a really, really deep group at corner. Um, so you can really pick your matchups there, and it's a great yeah. advantageous position to be in because you have a guy like Ben Perry – uh, who's going to be your starting star who you can do a lot with both in run support and with coverage. So uh, I think they're going to be interchangeable. I think we're going to see a lot of this corner group. There's just way too much talent. I think we're yeah. going to be playing in a lot of nickel with the slot corner, but you know, and we might run one linebacker plus a star and, and thinking about the coverage possibilities yeah. there is really exciting. True. And and you also talk about Gilbert Frierson, who's also in that star mix. So I guess for this hypothetical, let's kind of put the the slot cornerback off to the side for a second, and let's just assume under the operation that it's just the two cornerback positions at the moment. So who, which of the three in that trio gets left out, starting on the depth chart? That is that is tough because we're we're just talking outside then I think Jarvis Brownlee is, is a lock for one of them. I do too. I just think that he, what he offers and, and what they're looking for from a defensive perspective, I think Brownlee deservedly has a, a starting position lockdown. The next one is tough. If we're going strictly outside, I'm going to use I a cop would, out. 
I would think this is this might sound crazy to say. I think Quincy Riley is going to get the start. I think, and I think it's going to be an or situation. I think it's going to be an or. You're right because we're going to get very. Everybody's going to get some snaps. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're going to rotate because in a three wide, I know we're ignoring it, but for a three wide, I I've got Jarvis Brownlee, Storm Duck outside, and then. And that makes, that makes the most amount of sense, but this hypothetical it makes it kind of I'm tough, saying, right? I'm giving a slight, slight, slight edge to Quincy Riley. That's like that's that. who I'm putting. I think Quincy um, deserves. I mean, Storm has done great things too, but let's not sleep on Quincy Riley here because he's a fantastic player as well. So I, I think that I think it's going to be an or situation. But the real question is, what about behind them? Because you have guys like Trey Franklin who has made some plays for Louisville over the past couple seasons. You have a guy like Derek Edwards who entered the portal, took his name out of the portal, and he could be a guy, a veteran player, that maybe finds his way into the mix. And then obviously you have MGK and Marcus Washington. Who are the the main reserve players backing up the, that trio for Louisville, in your opinion? I think the three of them are going to be a mix of Marcus Washington, MGK, and Trey Franklin. And I didn't say that in any particular order. I wasn't meant to give a nod to any of them because I think it's so going to be so situationally dependent and they might go uh, play the hot hand situation of who's ha- doing better in practice or who's had a good stretch of games. You feel really comfortable going into the season with those guys as your depth, as your rotational guys, because any of them can play. And and realistically, that's a whole starting group you've got behind. You right. know, you, you could you could take that and have that as your starting group, and you'd still be pretty excited about at, at the very least the upside. So I, agree. I would say Trey Franklin has showed a lot in the spring. I I think that early in the season he might be next man up. But I think the potential for MGK makes me want to say uh, on my, on my depth chart, I had MGK uh, backing up storm duck on one outside Marcus Washington backing up um, shoot Jarvis Brownlee on the other side. And then Trey Franklin being a flex guy who can play any of the three inside or outside. Um, that's how I saw it playing out. Of course, we'll see how, it, how it comes out to fruition um and then you know Derek Derek Edwards is you know he went into the portal came back out you know he, he's gonna get some time as well but I just personally I feel it's really tough excited because you have a lot of guys yes. in there and I didn't mean to cut you off but it's it's good it's true because it's tough and this is a great problem to have we yes. talk about this this has not been a problem that we have had in quite some time. Right. How many times, Grant, have you thought before the season, man, outside of Cottrell Clark, Chandler Jones, and a couple other guys, there's a lot of inexperience. There's a lot of um, you know, true young guys. And outside of that, who who else can you use, right? And I think that it's interesting because you have so many different names. You have the veteran leadership, but you also have those very, very, very talented guys that Wolves really not used to getting and guys like MGK and Marcus Washington. One thing about Derek Edwards, he, I think, this is kind of hard to to remember, but Flyville 21, he was listed as a safety. He played both. Do you find a situation, because the safety position has about five guys in it right now. 
although it's a very, very talented room, you do have guys with some injury history like a Josh Minkins Jr., um, some other players who have missed time. Could you see a situation to where maybe in fall camp, um, granted you might uh, one injury here and there and you have depth issues, a quarterback, but do you see a situation to where we might see Derek Edwards float around to the safety position because of the guys ahead of him at the cornerback position? Or do you think he's sort of locked into that spot? I don't think he is, and I think it's a, a great thing to have guys who you can rely upon to play multiple spots. I mean, there were times you know, even before that in which we saw Chandler Jones playing both corner and safety, and he, he started at corner fourth, but we moved him into some safety packages. Having guys like that who can give you legitimate snaps, legitimate depth at, at multiple positions helps you get your best guys on the field. Mm-hmm. And it's it's crazy rare, especially for us in recent years, to have in a corner room seven guys who can play, like really play, not just, man, I hope we don't have to get them out there play. You've got seven guys who you feel comfortable rolling out there with on a Saturday. And, you know, maybe six of them get snaps at corner and you're so deep in the room that the other one can get some snaps at safety or wherever you feel best and mm-hmm. giving them a good matchup. But this is like you said, this is the best problem to have when you've got so many guys who can play, you're thinking about other ways to use your seventh guy. Cause you're not sure about how many snaps you can get at corner. Great, great problem to have that versatility, that, that safety play in his, in his background is, something that isn't going to go unnoticed having versatile defensive backs is, is always going to be a very coveted trait. And I I don't think it's unrealistic at all to see Edwards move into a safety role if needed. Uh, I'd, I'd be surprised to see it as a full time role, but I, I would not be shocked at all to see him get some snaps there. Last question. This is the main one. This is one that I've been holding off on. Who's the MVP of the, of the cornerback room at the end of the season, the MVP of the cornerback room at the end of the season. I am going to say it is going to be Quincy Riley. I think it's going to be a We're on the same page breakout. I think he's going to show his versatility, year, his ball Hawk. You can make a case for so many guys and, and it, that's, that's awesome. The beauty of it. I literally mentioned that with the safety room. Like that is fantastic. Yeah. That's why like, you have some questions about like Louisville's defense because you know they're offensively going to be phenomenal. But defensively, you're like, okay, there's some unknowns, right? On paper, when you talk about it, it kind of alleviates some of those concerns. The talent but is there. Quincy Riley, I, I'm right there with you, man. I think he's going to play himself into, into legitimate draft contention. I think oh, yeah. he is going to be – uh, on firmly on NFL radars by the end of the year. I think all three of them are. I think they are. Well, Duck already has been. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised that Duck didn't throw his name in the hat after I'm last season. I'm glad he season. didn't. I'm glad I'm he didn't glad either. He didn't. But it, it, that was an interesting one. But yeah, we can having a whole group drafted. I would not be. I would not be upset. Heck yeah, man. Well. I can't believe I'm saying this because it feels like I've been doing this for the past month, but the positional preview series are officially over. I appreciate everyone for tuning in. Beginning, um, I, I don't know, Grant, if I've told you or not. I actually haven't told you, but um, beginning next week, we're, I'm going to be ranking the top 15 players 
on the team and going down from 15 to one. So I'm going to have you on one of those and you're going to react to some of those three and where they land. So uh, be sure to stay tuned into that to find all of Grant's work. Obviously, if you can't see that at Grant underscore Mulligan underscore at defense underscore for me, follow Cardinal Sports on the state of Louisville.com, third banner pod uh, from the pink seats pod. Um, all of the pods. I mean, this is a pod city. Um, but that's going to wrap up today's episode of the show to find Louisville or to find locked on Louisville on other streaming services. Be sure to stay tuned to find out via the graphic.